Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to episode 53 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Welcome to episode 53 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. My name is Gordon. Thank you so much for checking it out. Today, I'm going to talk about something that I think is on everybody's mind in general on a day-to-day basis, and it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit depending on the state of the union, so to speak, and that is how to stay motivated. How, How do people stay motivated? And it it's very relevant in business, obviously, but it's also relevant in literally every aspect of life. Uh, you know, you can't you can't just like snap your fingers and make anything happen. Everything takes some sort of action, uh, whether that's getting a job, whether that's raising a kid, whether that's making a meal, whether that's going to run an errand, uh, talking to somebody. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes motivation sometimes to do some of these things, especially, obviously, if it's something that you don't want to do that day. If that's that person you don't want to talk to that day, that errand you don't want to run, that sales call you don't want to make, uh, maybe you just don't feel like dealing with your kid that day, you know, you, you just need a break, uh, and, and all that stuff takes effort. And there are going to be days when a lot of that stuff is easy, and there's going to be days when a lot of that stuff just seems like the last thing in the world that you want to do. And that's that's life. And uh, when it comes to business, especially, this is super relevant for people who listen to this podcast, when it comes to business uh, where you might be in a situation where you're already working a job to make ends meet, and you're starting a business... It becomes very difficult a lot of the time to stay motivated to work on that thing when it's when it's really producing no no revenue and it may seem at times like there is no future revenue like no no signs of it being uh, something that takes off and explodes and it's it's very difficult sometimes to stay driven to do that so I want to talk about that today and uh, how. It relates to my situation, which may be a sign of success to some of you, and it may seem like a sign of um, a shortcoming after shortcoming. Right? It depends on what state you're in, and if you want to do the comparison thing, you can. Uh, but here we go. So, um, you know, my my situation is I worked a nine to five job from when I graduated college in 2008 and after getting that job I worked my ass off at it uh, I, I worked uh, long hours I worked overtime unpaid for a long time this is a salary position it wasn't hourly uh, but I worked extra hours because the program that I was working on asked me to or it seemed like they needed it and I did that for several years until about uh, 2014, 2015. That's when I started to question things a little bit and I'm, uh, well, that's just how long it took me. So uh, around that time, 
is when I started to think a little bit broader, think a little, a little bit more broad beyond my corporate position. Now, I had been promoted a couple of times in that, that window, in that span of time. Uh, it was about a seven-year window. Um, I got promoted a couple times. I had a few raises in there, and I was doing very well. Uh, it was my last promotion, actually, that really sent me over the edge uh, mentally into the the world, like the space, the the brain space of, is this really it for me? Is this really how the cycle is going to go for the next 30, 40, 50 years until I, I retire and then I do nothing and die? Uh, that's when like the uh, really, I guess, like expansive, you know, deep thoughts started happening. And uh, out of nowhere is when that at that same point period of time is when I started to feel ultra motivated. Now it wasn't really just like work ethic because I always had work ethic and which is why I did so well. You know, people got laid off in that time that I was working and I still work by the way, but uh, people got laid off. I never did. Uh, people got handed kind of crappy work. I never did. I always kind of had my pick of the litter, which is great. And that was a function of me working hard and marketing myself well and producing results. Okay, uh, so I, I did the work, I produced the results. People knew who I was, and I had a reputation. Uh, so that went on for a while. I got that promotion. I started to feel really down about my future, and thus uh, I started to kind of think more about what I could possibly do outside of work to make my own future, set my own path. And uh, I eventually um, talked to someone in my family, uh, it was my sister actually, and, and we started talking about other possibilities and things. And uh, one thing led to another, I started a fitness brand. I've talked about this before. It's a fitness brand of products on amazon.com. And I, I got that whole process going. Now throughout that process, there was a ton of doubt. There was a ton of days when I woke up and I'm working with a supplier in Pakistan who makes these uh, physical, these fitness products. And I had no idea how things were going to go. Uh, I would wake up and be unsure of you know whether I articulated a requirement well enough to my supplier, what they were going to send me back for pictures. When your supplier is that far around the world, and I live in Massachusetts, United States, when your supplier is that far around the world and you're working uh, through those time zone differences, a lot of the time it's through email, there's a lot of, of like translation error and just like lag in uh, what you say through an email, makes how it feel, you feel like it makes sense to you and then it gets there and they interpret it totally differently. Um, and a lot of the times I'd be talking to them in somewhat real time through email, but it would be very late at night for me and kind of early in the morning there. And, you know, even though I think I'm thinking clearly, I'm really not. So anyway, there was a lot of that back and forth and a lot of miscommunication as a result. And at, at some stage, you know, I had thousands of dollars tied up waiting for my product to arrive and it was weeks before it showed up. And I had nothing but self-doubt, right? Nothing but self-doubt. How do you stay motivated when you know you've got products somewhere in the world on its way to you, you have no idea what stage it's in, um, and you're not sure if it's going to sell, 
right? So you just invested this money. You can't return it, obviously. Um, you think you did a good job planning, but you're not sure. And at that stage, there was this realization that the work hasn't even really started yet. All I did was produce the product. I haven't even started to sell it yet. I haven't even started to build relationships with potential buyers and uh, marketing hasn't even really become a real thing yet. Uh, so all this self-doubt, it seemed like the mountain just got bigger and bigger as time went on. And where I'm at now, if you fast forward time with that specific brand, is that I sell, uh, I have multiple products, variations and things. I sell those every single day. And I never thought that I would. There, I mean, when early on, you know, it seemed like a grand thing. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to order a bunch of stuff and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to be a millionaire. Well, that didn't happen, first of all. But uh, my sales, they did not get to the volume that I wanted them to be or, ex- or initially expected them to be. And I expected them to be high because I was inexperienced and I didn't know what to expect. I had false expectations. I also didn't have enough patience to do enough research, right? So that's on me. Uh, But here I am, and I did a lot to make it work in a way where I am moving products. Um, So I do do sell those every day now, which is great. But how did I stay motivated through all that? Well, (laughs) I had to be willing to, like, accept the fact that I would have to spend money to get it in front of eyeballs to make money. I also had to be willing to force myself to be patient, and that was hard, too. I also had to uh, get creative with the way that I optimized my listings. So optimizing a listing, which is basically copywriting, is basically marketing, right? And that is, there's a ton of books and stuff out there. I didn't really like any of them, and not all of them seem to apply. Um, plus, like the traditional methods of marketing kind of go out the window with this new uh, like digital social media type of world. So I just, I, I tried things, you know, I tried different things. I tried to be creative. I tried to do stuff that no one else did. I tried to take picture angles that no one else did. I tried to like use colors and filters and stuff in my images. Uh, and that's, that's where you can come up with some of the best ideas and that's where you can kind of set yourself apart. So that's what I did. Like that's more of a tactical thing, uh, to be, you know, like kind of at the specific level, but that's what I had to do. That's the type of thing I had to do. So on those days when I didn't feel like showing up, because there are days when everybody, everybody has them where they don't want to show up. They don't feel like getting out of bed. They don't feel like doing anything. On those days, that's when I had some of my best ideas, when I could actually get myself moving and get the, you know, get the gears rolling. Uh, that's when I had some of my best results, which was really cool. Uh, but you know, when times are difficult, it's really, really, really hard to do that. So I had weeks at a time where I was selling nothing or I would sell a few as part of a promotion at a loss. And so my, my total numbers would be in the red and that's just something that happens, right? That's business. Well, for someone who's worked a nine to five job for seven, eight years and is starting something now and has vested, you know, thousands of dollars, a few thousand dollars. Uh, it's really hard seeing zero sales come in and potentially seeing like all that money wasted, right? That's so I had to convince myself. I had to convince myself that it wasn't wasted. 
it was going to work. I just had to figure out how to make it work. And that's a resiliency that not everybody has. So when it when it comes to staying motivated, this is the whole point, circling back around. When it comes to staying motivated, uh, I, I think that in general, people have to accept things as they are, right? Like in the current state, but then be willing to get creative to deal with your circumstances around that thing. So my product is not the nicest product on the market, period. And the competition, extremely high. I can't return my product. I invested a few thousand dollars. That's the state of the union with that thing. So what did I have to do? What did I, what did I have to do to make that work? I had to figure out a way to make it work, period. I had to get creative. There is no blueprint for that. And that's really what what a, a, someone who's successful in even something as small as a single product on Amazon like I did or or a very small family of products. The 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 even as something as small as that is going to require a sense of resiliency, creativeness, innovation in order to make that work sometimes that no one else can give you. No one else can tell you exactly how to do that. No one else can optimize your listing and do all your keywords and take all your pictures and get that thing to sell 100% guaranteed. They need to be in the trenches, right? Dealing with that, interfacing with the customers every single day in order to make that work. And I'm not selling hundreds of millions of dollars of products but I imagine that that type of mentality scales up no matter how big the company gets, okay? So fast forward a little bit more time, it's 2017, and my numbers, because some people are curious, uh, I, I am not generating six figures a month or anything, not, not anywhere close, okay? So I'm doing a little over $3,000 in sales per month. Okay, across my stuff, and I take about just under a thousand. Um, so it's you know it's about a thirty percent total income to me, and that's about you know a little less than a thousand dollars, and that might seem low to most of you, to to a lot of you. Uh, keep in mind, I work nine to five. Okay, so I work a regular job. This is a completely supplemental thing, and I bootstrap the entire thing. Okay, so just a few thousand dollars. It was like a $5,000 investment to get everything that I've done to date started. That's really not a lot of money. And that might seem really, really low. And that's that's okay. Okay, because I, I, I went kind of heavy into one thing without enough research. All right, that's a, that's a learning experience for me. And then I went too soft into something else shortly thereafter. And that's okay too, right? I decided not to go all in and partially because I didn't want to invest the insane capital that was going to be needed for that. And then I decided to go into, as most of you know, a duffel bag brand, which is going to become something much larger. I have a very, very, very large business plan for that brand. Um, that's kind of my next thing and I'm going to be, be using crowdfunding for that. But my whole point is bringing it back around is that I bootstrapped this whole thing with just a few thousand dollars and I had to I was learning everything like on the the job so to speak like day in and day out figuring it out and you know I'd ask people but no one really here's the thing too no one 
wanted to give me a lot of the answers also because partially or partially because I think that no one has the answers, right? No one has all the answers. And that's my point of, of really getting this out into, into the world is that no one has all the answers for you. Uh, you, that there's this figure it out, figure it out element that everybody needs to, to be able to incorporate and understand and just, again, just understand it. Just be aware that you will have to figure, everybody will have to figure it out on their own. And that's going to be a combination of getting bits and pieces of, of other information from a million different sources potentially and putting it all together. But you need to become the expert, like the most knowledgeable person in the thing you're trying to do in order to get it to the level you want to get it to. And, you know, it's been, it's taken a lot of baby steps to get to where I'm at, but I also see progressive and continuous progression, right? So it continues to grow. So it's not like I'm steady. It's not like I'm declining that I'm, I'm constantly moving up. So if I do nothing with Sobam Gear Company, which is a duffel, my duffel bag brand, if I do nothing with that, I still expect my current uh, offering of products, right? My current brands to do to continue to grow. Um, I would expect them to grow up to about three x of what they are now. If I did minimal effort between now and next year, so by June, July, twenty eighteen, I would expect to be doing about nine thousand dollars a month in sales. And about three thousand ish in total revenue to me. Now, again, for the nine to five people listening to this who are working the job, making seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars a year, three thousand dollars a month is probably a couple car payments, right? It's uh, maybe a mortgage, right? Um, food, all kinds of stuff. That's a, it's a, it's that's real money. For, for, for us, right? For, for us, that's real money. Uh, for me, that's real money. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so pompous that I think $3,000 is, is nothing. Um, I make, again, just under $1,000 extra on top of my nine to five salary. I make it just under $1,000 extra per month based on some online stuff that I do. And I don't shy away from that. I don't think it's nothing. I don't, I don't brush it off like it's invisible money, you know, like it's chump change. I don't do that. I think it's real money. And I've used my recurring income from this side hustle, quote unquote, to build bigger and bigger and bigger. That's called reinvesting the profits. I don't believe that anyone can show you a 100% method to make a million dollars in a very short period of time. Uh, especially if it's something that you want to be long-term, sustainable, that you're all in on. Uh, I think that the majority of getting to that point, if you want to get to that point, and I certainly do, is going to be on you to figure it out. All right, there's tactics, there's methods, there's strategies that work, but they aren't going to be something that somebody can hand you and say, follow this step-by-step and you'll be a millionaire Uh, that just, I don't believe that that is real. And I would be hesitant to believe that anybody could jump in and do that. Now I have had people on this podcast that have had that level of success and they have been part of masterminds and they have bought courses on that exact thing. 
Okay. And I'm in one of those masterminds. And the thing that is not really talked about enough, because I don't certainly believe that all of those programs are bad. I don't think everything's bad. I really don't. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of them are. But the the people uh, that have been able to get that level of success, you know, one, two million dollars in sales in their first year, like a 12 month period. Uh, the thing that's not talked about enough is how much they have had to adjust, pivot and figure things out on their own and get creative and get innovative and tactical in a way that's not described up front, right? That, that level of hustle isn't really described enough and I think it's because it scares people away as customers. So if you look around at programs online, just Google how to make a million dollars, right, online, and you'll you'll see a billion programs usually run by a 24, 25, 26-year-old guy uh, who's like hanging out in a mansion or something, um, <laughs> you know, in his video, in his, web, his free webinar, uh, they'll they'll tell you how easy it is. What they don't talk about is how much you're going to have to work up front and how much you're going to have to figure out the things that you don't know, you don't know up front. That there's there's so much that, I don't know, there's like smoke and mirrors with that stuff. They, uh, they, they mask it and they make it seem like it's real easy and you can follow a blueprint but if it was that easy, everybody would do it, right? There's a level of figure it out that just not enough people talk about. So uh, again, so how to stay motivated, right? During the difficult times, because that's really the problem is that, that people, they get, they get overwhelmed when things are difficult and they think too big, like picture, uh, is, is like the, the, the way to stay motivated through that is, totally unique to you. It really is. Uh, that's unique to everybody. I have my own way when I wake up and I think about all of the things I need to do that day just to make sure I'm prepared to do whatever I need to do tomorrow, right? The next day. Um, sometimes that's overwhelming to the point where I, I almost, I don't do this, but I almost want to clam up and just not do it. Okay. And that's, that, that happens to everybody, right? But I have my own ways of dealing with that. And it's the people who are able to figure out their own unique, unique way of dealing with that, that are going to be able to push through. Okay. And a lot of that comes for me anyway, comes down to a reminder, like reminding myself of what the reason is as to why I'm doing it in the first place. Okay. I'm trying to build a bag brand, right? Duffel bags, backpacks, lifestyle bags, yoga bags. That that stuff is really cool to me. Why am I doing that? Because I think that the market sucks. I think that ever, as a consumer who has been in that world for 10, 12 years, I think the market sucks for gym bags, duffel bags, backpacks that are specifically fitness like related. I don't need to take my laptop to the gym. So if I'm going to buy a, a bag to take to the gym, why does it have a laptop sleeve? I want a backpack that's designed for the gym. 
all right, I don't like, maybe I don't like duffel bags. Maybe I want a backpack, but every backpack I buy that's, that's actually built somewhat rugged is designed to hold a 17 inch MacBook and an iPad and a million other tech things that are completely irrelevant when it comes to the gym. Maybe I want to put my weightlifting belt and a pair of shoes and an outfit and a bottle of shampoo and a shaker cup and some wrist wraps. I want to put, maybe I want to put all that stuff in my backpack and take that to the gym and work out and use my backpack as my bag. Well, I can't really find, I, there's no bags on the market that do that, right? Same with, duff, so duffel bags are a little better, but there's serious holes in the market there too. They suck. They fall apart. They rip. The zippers always bind. They tear. If you use them regularly and consistently like I do, anything that you're going to buy at a commercial off-the-shelf store, you know, big box store, is not going to last. I've proven this time and time again, year in and year out. I get no more than eight to 12 months out of a bag, a 50, 60, $70 bag. Uh, and it's uh, disappointing. So I found a serious hole in the market and I'm going to go after it. That's, that's something that's very important to me. And so that's what I'm doing. That's my reason why, okay, at a, at a, like a, like a business level, that's my why as to why that, that brand is, uh, even in existence. Um, and I, when I remind myself of that, it, it drives me right there. Like that's usually enough to get me moving. I don't have to sit there and think about the numbers and where I might be in five years and how I could eventually get money from it and blah, blah, blah. No, I know that there's other people, there's other Gordon Lights out there who have experienced the crappy bags that are on the market and get pissed off time and time again and would like to have and maybe pay a little bit more money, uh, would like to have a bag that will actually last like 10 12, 15 years, 20 years made out of ballistic military grade materials, made out of anti-rip nylon, made out of seatbelt quality hand straps and shoulder straps. It can take thousands of pounds of force, right? Solid steel construction on all the metal clips, uh, brackets, buckles, everything. The best zippers in the world. You know, there's people out there that, are, that want that. They don't want to have to like go to the gym and be unsure whether or not when they open the zipper this time that it's going to bind and tear or that the thing is going to fall apart if they put too much stuff in it and carry it or if they rub it against the the building like on their way in like uh, the door frame is it going to like put a hole in this thing if i rub up against it right there's people out there that want that stuff and i'm filling the hole in the market so that's my reason why so that's how i stay motivated Really, that's the main thing that I need uh, when times are difficult. Now, alternatively, alternatively, when times are pretty good, it's also very common for people to get complacent and stop driving forward. Now, there's a couple levels to this. Some people stop driving forward because they don't want to drive forward anymore, period. They get to a sales and revenue level that they want, they don't want to grow, they don't want to bring on more members uh, to the team, they don't want to grow the team at all, and they don't want to expand, and that's fine, right? That's, that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But some people, and I'm guilty of this too, months ago, uh, when things are going really well, I 
uh, people stop pushing because they think they're done. <laughs> they they want to get bigger, and they want to grow and scale, and they want to bring on team members, and they want to get more revenue. But things are going so well at during that month or that that two month span that they feel like I'm doing everything right, I'm killing it, and I'm just going to go do something else. Right, so they're not driven, they're not motivated to keep growing and trying to to bring on more business, and that's a problem. Um, how it happened with me was fourth quarter, things went really, really well for me, and the reason why I think is not only are people shopping for holidays, Christmas, whatever, uh, but I'm in the fitness space, and in the fitness space. There are, uh, especially at the end of the year, around November, December, people start thinking about, you know, January, uh, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to get in really good shape next year. Um, check it out. I'm going to, uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm getting in shape. Let's go on and buy some fitness stuff. I'm going to commit to it right now. They go on uh, Amazon.com. They look up fitness stuff and they start buying stuff. And uh, you know, I I can see what people buy with my stuff. Like there's that frequently bought together, um, stream on Amazon and I can see what people are buying when they buy my products. So it, it, a lot of times it'll be like, you know, something else completely related, um, like a, a weightlifting build or something. I don't sell a weightlifting build, uh, but it'll be something like that. And so I attribute all my fourth quarter success to that. And, uh, you know, well, a lot of it anyway. And so during that time, it was really hard for me to stay motivated. You know, I was starting to get into the gym bag thing and I was working on Sobam gear and, uh, I completely left my other brand. Uh, like I left it all alone on its own little Island. And, uh, you know, sure enough, a month or two turned into, almost like a, a downward trend. I had to go in and fix some things and reignite it a little bit. Uh, but the thing is, I wasn't motivated to do that when things were going well. And that's the problem. And a lot of people have that problem. Uh, being part of a mastermind that is full of people who sell physical products is that I have insight into a lot of the problems people deal with, a lot of the mindsets that people deal with. Um, and this complacency thing is very real. And if it's never happened to you, just be aware that it can. It's it's a it's a real thing that happens, and it's almost as common as when when times get difficult. And the thing is, uh, to get out of that, honestly, it's the same way that I get out of staying motivated. The pro like the the motivation rut uh, when things are not going so well is that I always remind myself now. You know, having been through it, having learned from experience, um, it through that. You know, is that when things are going well or whether they're going not so well, I can remind myself that I started all of this stuff to help other people fix the health and fitness issues in their lives that I had in my life. In 2007, 2008, around that time frame, I was in the worst shape of my life. I had no athleticism whatsoever. I used to have heartburn like crazy. That actually went away when I lost a bunch of weight. Um, I also, the self-confidence went way down. I mean, way down. It was at an all-time low. Um, I was lucky. 
I guess, that I locked up the girl of my dreams and I didn't have to worry about that, uh, thankfully. But I just, I felt really bad about myself every single day. I didn't even have to look myself in the mirror anymore to feel bad about myself. I, all I had to do was walk around. I mean, I could feel myself moving slow and that was enough to bother me every single day. And uh, I know that there's other people out there that experience that. And I don't feel about them the way I felt about myself. You know, I felt really bad about myself. People have their own personal body image, you know, thoughts. And that's, that's great. You know, I don't judge anybody, but I know that there's people out there who have confidence issues like I did. And I started this whole thing to try and help more people figure that out and try to get through it. So I know what worked for me. And I have a feeling that what worked for me can also work for people. So I want to provide that value to other people. And that's why I did all of this. And that's my big bottom line for staying motivated is that, yes, I want to fix the bag market, right? The duffel bag, backpack, gym and fitness lifestyle bag market. All right. But at an even bigger view, the main reason that I do anything in this space is to help people. I wouldn't be in fitness if I didn't want to help people. Um, that's, that's a complete life shift for me. And I want to give that back. I want to be able to provide that for other people. So next time you're feeling like maybe you're not motivated to get through a problem or you're doing so well that you're not motivated to keep hustling full steam, Think about why you're doing this to begin with. If you're doing this just to make money, well, that's one thing. I can't even comment on that because I've never been part of that. But if you're doing this because you have a real reason behind it, like a brand or a mission, right? Or a message that you want to actually spread, that's the that's the blood, the lifeblood of why you should be doing any of this stuff. And all you should have to do really uh, to get a little bit of the ball rolling is to think about that. Remind yourself why you put this all in place to begin with and then go after it from there. So with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up this episode. If you found any value in this and if you feel like there's someone else in your life who needs a little bit of a reminder as to how to stay motivated at all times, whether things are good or bad, please share this with them. I would really, really appreciate that. I do not monetize this this podcast whatsoever, and I would love to reach as many people as possible. Uh, so with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, and I'll check you guys on the next episode. Take care.